ahead and stand and have prayer this morning. Lord, we just thank you today for the opportunity to be in your house. We love you so much, God, and we know that you love us. God, we just pray that you would help us to worship you today in spirit and in truth, God, to lift up our voices in song and praise and worship to you. God, I pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word. God, speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This is our 
God. This is what He does. He saves us. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. He bore the cross, beat the grave. Let heaven and earth proclaim this is our God, King Jesus. The highest king would welcome. I was lost, but he brought me in. Oh, his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free. Oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of
songs of deliverance. We've been liberated from our bondage. We're the sons and the daughters. just a little bit about our conference, women's conference yesterday. If you didn't get to come, ladies, you really missed a great conference, and I'm sorry you couldn't be here. Um, we had roughly close to 80 ladies here, and um, our keynote speaker is Barbara Saunders Livingston, and we've got some book, a book of hers. Uh, I've started reading it. Uh, she was a great speaker. Great book. Um, see Kathy Bird if you think you might like to purchase one. I'd recommend it. It's great, great read. Cindy from our church spoke. Did a great job. Proud of her. Um, Carla Lee was uh, the first lady that spoke. A friend of Kathy. She did. She did a great job. Morgan Turner, most of you know her from Truman. She spoke to and, and led, led music for us, did a great job. It was just a wonderful day in the Lord. But I just wanted to say, 
Now, let me get over here to my phone. I got a scripture on it. I just wanted to say a little bit about what I took from the day. Uh, when we, Daryl was asking somebody to say something today, and Kathy was here, and Cindy was here, and Daryl said, it's either going to be you, pointed Kathy, or pointed to Cindy, or you, or pointed to me. And Kathy immediately said, well, I think Dee Dee needs to do it. And lots of times when that happens, you think, oh, but you know, today it struck me as this. God chose me to do this. And that's kind of the theme of the conference. Um, there were a lot of different scriptures, but I chose this one to read today. For by him, that's Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Just a little bit. I want to talk to these young people right up here. I'm glad it was, glad there wasn't any children's church. You were created by the king of the universe, and there's a reason you were created. There's purpose in your life. That's every one of us, but I really want you young kids to hear this. We live in a world that's so confused. They tell you you can't really know. You can't really, you got to discover who or what you are. You are who Jesus says you are, and your identity is in him. No one else, you weren't created for anyone else. Now, there are things that he wants you to do, but your purpose is in him. You aren't created for your job. You'll have employers that will tell you that. But the job that you have may be exactly what God, where he wants you to be. Where you may discover that you got it wrong and he has someplace else for you. That's okay. I also want to tell you, we're all damaged goods. There's something wrong with all of us. And it's because of sin. It's because, and basically what sin is, is rebellion against God, against the one who created you. But there's good news. Jesus came and he died to give us freedom to live out the purpose that he created us to be. And that's basically what I took away from the conference. The lady that wrote this book, uh, she has amazing testimony. And it always, it always does something to me on the inside when I hear someone who God has so graciously and miraculously restored. That's the name of this book. Rescued, Ransomed, Restored from Damaged, to deliver. And I just pray that everybody here today finds that, finds their place in Christ. And then when you find it, 
you can say, choose me, Lord. I want to tell everybody the great news that we serve a God who is all-powerful, who is all-knowing, who sees us right where we are, and he has purpose for us. And ultimately, his goal is to bring us to live forever with him in heaven. And I just pray that for all of us here. I didn't mean to. Isn't that the cutest baby you've ever seen? Depends on who you are, isn't it? Say, no, mine's cuter. So I'm going to ask uh, Nick and Tiffany and Camden, if you guys would, I'm, you're on the hot seat. You asked for it. Come on up to the front seat, and we'll, we'll have you come up on stage in just, just a second. Go ahead and have a seat there. Okay, my, my screen back there is not the same, so I'm, I'm, I'm look, looking back and forth. We're going to do a baby dedication for Camden Kenny this morning. And uh, uh, I've had this on my mind, of course, been th thinking about it and, you know, what to do, what to say. Uh, I'm thinking generationally because now, used, used to, way back when I did these, I was about the age of the parents who were dedicating their children. That's not the case anymore. Now, I'm... Uh, this is, I had this generational thought because I'm old enough to be, uh, to be Nick and Tiffany's dad and then I'm old enough to be Camden's grandpa. There's a generational thing there and that's on my mind. I don't know what somebody said, but I'm not listening. <laughs> I am. I am great-grandpa. That's, that's true. I know by looking at me, you would never think that, but I am. I am great-grandpa, too. Um, the verse that we're going to put with this very, actually goes very much along with what's already been said, what Didi said, and, and probably what was happening at the conference also. verse we use a lot around here is uh, Romans 8:29. for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Now, God knew Camden, Long before he was born, God knew Camden. Camden it was just ordained by God. He foreknew him. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, of God's son, Jesus, so that he might be the first, the firstborn among many, many brethren. <clears throat> this verse is true of all of us. This dedication right now is, is for is for, for Camden, for Nick, for Tiffany. But, you know, I feel like it's for, for me, too. That God has destined all of us. God has destined all of us, because he knew all of us, to be conformed into the image of Jesus. That's our goal. That's our job. That's what God made us for. Now, like it's already been said, right? You might have all kinds of different jobs, a career, things you work at, that's not what God made you for. I am not made, God did not make me to be the pastor at First General Baptist Church. I do think he called me here. That's not my purpose. My purpose is to be like Jesus, 
no matter where I'm at. If I pastor in Timbuktu, wherever that is, if I pastor there, if I pastor, it doesn't matter. So it's not the career, it's not where you live that is so much what God, you know, made you for, but he made you to be like Jesus. Camden was created by Jesus for Jesus. Okay, now it's Nick and Tiffany's job as parents, my job as pastor to do what? Lead him there. Lead him there. And so day by day in the home, week by week at our church, what are, what are we doing? We're leading him there, okay? And so that's the priority. It's not so much, like I said, where Camden will go to school or what job he'll have. Those, those things are important. But as mom and dad, as pastor, as church, so what I'm asking is we dedicate Camden to the Lord, it's always the case. We're actually also dedicating the parents, right? This morning, I want to reach out a little bit more. And I, I want our church to dedicate ourselves. But that's what we're here for. We're here to lead people to Jesus, teaching them to be more like him. Really hadn't planned on doing this, but I'm going to do this right here. Then we'll ask the parents to come up and pray. If you are in school... If you are a high school or younger, stand up. If you're a high school or younger, high school or younger. Girls on the front row, you are high school or younger, so stand up. Okay, First General Baptist Church, we're to reach everybody, but we're to reach them. Okay, we're to reach them. Okay, all right, y'all can have a, have a seat. Generationally, we're here to reach them. We're not here to complain about them. We're not here to gripe about them. We're here to reach them. So Nick and Tiffany and me and I hope all of us, we're here to lead Camden to be closer to Jesus and to be like him. I want to ask parents, come on up. We're going to pray. Come on up here. And I don't care. I'm not holding the baby. I've learned the hard way. They always cry when I do that. Do you want uh, anybody else to come up? Is this, are you good? Okay. Okay. Let's, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for a family who uh, loves you enough, concerned enough that, that they would bring their child and say, We're, we are concerned about our child. We love our child. We want to dedicate our child to Jesus. And that's what we're doing right now. So as we dedicate Camden to you, Lord, we dedicate uh, mom and dad that they'll do their job in the home, dedicate my, myself that I'll do my job, and our church as we dedicate ourselves that we're going to lead uh, Camden to Jesus and everybody else like him, everybody we can possibly reach, uh, but especially the generations that are coming after us. Help us to love them enough, be concerned enough about them to reach them for Jesus. We pray for Camden, for Nick, and for Tiffany to bless their home in a particularly great way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God, God bless you all. And he was quiet all the way through it. Great job.
Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Oh, Nick and Tiffany. Sorry, get back up here. That's my human failure right there. We, we, can, we can stay down here for this. They, uh, along with all that, they want to join the church, okay? I'm sorry, I forgot about that. So I present to you Nick and Tiffany. I recommend them according to their salvation and their baptism. So I recommend them to you as members of our church. I need a motion to accept. Need a second. All in favor, say hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, there we go. Now you can sit down. Oh, wait a minute. There was, I'm just kidding. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. We go through the book of Matthew on Sundays. We're in the Beatitudes. Um, so far, it's not a rule, but I've been taking the Beatitudes one at a time, and today's pure in heart. Uh, Matthew 5, 8 reads, Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And there's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. You like to use that. Most of it will be on the screen. I want to make, make it a little easier for you. The next screen uh, says a, a pure heart is more about the attitude than the action. So it's the motive. It's the why. Why did you do it? Why did you say it? Now, be a little easier on you. In fact, some of you say a lot easier than I usually am. Uh, it's about the attitude more than the action. Here it is. We make mistakes, and we didn't mean to. And, and part of me wants to say, that's okay, because, uh, and I hope, I, I really, I honestly do, I try to do this, I try to do whatever I do with a good heart, with a pure heart. I mean well. I don't always do well. Have you ever done something and thought, man, I shouldn't have done that? I mean, everybody in the room, you can relate to that. You have to. I, I shouldn't have done that. Or, oh, I wish I hadn't have said that. You know, I didn't, I didn't mean that. And so a pure heart is more about the attitude than it is the action. I'm not trying to excuse the action. But I do want you to see, I, I do want you to see this. So sometimes, <clears throat> maybe I'm just talking about myself here. I'm harder on myself than I really need to be. And, and I have a hard time getting over that. I have a hard, hard time getting past that. But I'm harder on myself than I really need to be because I really didn't mean for it to come out like that. You know, I really didn't mean for it to be taken like that. I didn't, because I had a pure heart. For some reason... God has withheld the future from us. We don't know. Every once in a while, he'll give us glimpses of what to do next. Or, but often, we just, we just don't know. He has withheld the future from us. And so all, all any of us can do, all a human can do, is do the best we can to do the best we can. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know how it's going to turn out. We do things and we try things. We try new things. And I don't know that it's going to work. I don't know that it's going to succeed. I just don't know because I don't know the future. And so all of us 
All we can do is the best we can. One of the best questions, it may seem like a really simple, simple question, and it is, but it's got a lot of depth to it. But in a small group many years ago now, somebody asked the question in, the, in a small group, can a person live so close to the Lord, being so much in the Holy Spirit, that they no longer make mistakes. And I, I hope you get already that we're talking about a whole, <clears throat> a whole lot more than just sin here. Just the simple mistakes that we make because we don't know what the future holds. So we turn left when we should have turned right. All right? So the question was, can a person live so close to the Holy Spirit, be so close to the Lord, that they no longer make mistakes. And I thought about that as one of those times, in, I remember in the, in the small group meeting, I had the deer in the headlight look. You know, it's, it's so easy to answer that really quickly, but it wasn't for me. And I, I said, I don't know. I don't know. The longer I've thought about it, and you might dis disagree, and that's, that's okay. The longer I thought about it, I've, I, my answer now would be no. Because the Lord has intentionally withheld the future from us. And some things he intentionally does not tell us. And this may sound like a really strange thing to say. I'm not talking about sinful things. I just know that there are mistakes that we will make along the way. I should have turned left, but I turned right. There are mistakes we make along the way, and I did it with a good heart. I just made a mistake, and I learned from it. I learned, you know, I'm never doing that again. You know, I'm never turning left again when I should have, when I should have turned right. You know, I'm, I'm not doing that. So, and the Bible's full. I mean, almost every Bible story is about a character who was following God and wanting to be close to God, but they made mistakes along the way. One of my favorites, one of those that you can read through it and, and you probably hardly ever ever catch it, but toward the end of the book of Romans, I, I didn't look it up, but toward the end of the book, Paul's writing to the Roman church, and he says, I want to come and see you. He said, but what I'm going to do, before I come to see you, I'm going to go visit uh, the believers in Greece, and then I'm going to come to see you. Well, it never happened, okay? It, it just, it wasn't true. He never made it to Greece, but he, but he thought he would. It doesn't seem like a, a real big deal, and it's not, but maybe that's kind of the point, right? I didn't know. I did the best I could. I'm going to give you per permission right now. Give yourself a break, okay? Give yourself a break. Now, if you didn't do it, if you did, it, if you did wrong with a bad heart, that's a whole different thing. But I think you all get what I'm... I, I'm giving you a break, break this morning. You do a whole lot of things with a pure heart. They just didn't turn out well. That's okay. That's okay. All right? So it's the heart that God is interested in. Blessed are those who have a pure heart. Not perfect action. A pure heart. Because the attitude is more than the action. Next screen. I'm going to change gears a little bit here. Try to cover these last two. 
A good translation uh, for pure is, is whole. So, so another way to say it is, is whole. A whole heart is an undivided heart. That is, that is a good way to use that verse. Blessed are those who have a whole heart. Blessed are those who have an undivided heart. Now, here's where we can grow. The first one, you know, is kind of like, hey, pat yourself on the back every once in a while. You did it with a good heart. Just didn't turn, turn out well. We're going to switch gears a little bit here. This is where you can grow. Blessed are those who have an undivided heart. This is where faith comes in. And this is where trust comes in. And this is where growth in the Holy Spirit comes in. And you begin, you keep on, not just begin. For a lot of us, I've just got to keep on. I can go further in this of trusting the Lord, leaning on the Lord, uh, putting all my trust in him putting all, all the lean that I've got, leaning into him, having faith in him. All these other things that happen in my life that I didn't expect, the things that go wrong, the, the unexpected bad thing that I, I'm praying about, but boy, it's got me disturbed. It's got me upset. Um, I'm having trouble not stressing out about it. It, I mean, I mean, things, serious things happen in life that we weren't expecting. We couldn't see because God withholds the future from us. So some really serious things will come along the way, and it really gets to us. And I understand that because we're all human in the room. And we're all, if you haven't been through that, you're, you're going to go through that. That stress and that, that, uh, that thing divides our heart. We want to trust him. We want to grow closer in faith. I would think almost everybody in this room wants to grow closer to Jesus or you probably wouldn't be here. So you want to and you have that desire to, but all these other things in life, and some of them are pretty serious things, happen and they divide our heart. It's not always, and this just kind of seems to be the, be the theme right now, it's not always sinful things. I, I haven't really even dealt with that and I don't think I will. Maybe that's next week. But it's, it's not necessarily just the sinful things. Even though that's definitely a big deal. It's just life things. Nothing sinful about them. But they've really got me disturbed. They've really got me stressed. They've, I'm struggling right now with a divided heart. I want to trust in Jesus. I want to turn it over to him. This is what preachers say, and they make it sound so easy. And I want you to come to the altar at the end of the service. I want you to lay your care on the altar, and I want you to leave it there. I want you to get up and go back to your seat and leave your burden and leave your care and leave your uh, stress on the altar. Just leave it there and get on about your life. And we make it sound so easy, but we know very well it's not. It's not that easy to just do it. But I'm asking you to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to do it. I'm asking you to grow today in having a whole heart. Where no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, 
you're going to trust Jesus anyway. And you're going to trust Jesus with all of your heart. And I'll be the first one to say, you know what? I'm not quite there yet. But I am trying to get there. I am, I am allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me. I am trying to get there. I'm trying to let things go that only Jesus can take care of anyway. I'm trying, to, I'm, uh, I'm trying to let it roll off my shoulders, as God's Word says, because I can't deal with it anyway. And I'm going to trust Jesus to take care of that. Good translation is a whole heart, an undivided heart. Now, this is the last part, and I will be done. I, sh I almost, almost didn't do this part. Uh, we're going to look at 1 Samuel and then Psalm 51 because this needs so much more work. There's so much more. I want. I'm going to, David, David was, you know, the Bible says a man after God's own heart. And this is a story of when Samuel came to David's house and anointed him as king. He was just, just a young boy. But uh, seven of the brothers passed in front of Samuel and God kept saying, nope. Nope, nope. David came, had to be called in from the field, and God said to Samuel, that's the one. So the first brother comes by, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. This is the oldest brother of David. Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature, because I have refused him. Um, for the Lord does not see as a man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. But, so there's David. The Lord looks at the heart. So David's anointed as king. We come to Psalm 51, uh, 10. The whole Psalm, 51, 10, is written, written by David. It's a psalm of repentance because David has committed adultery and murder, okay? This was the man who was a man after God's own heart. This is the man who Samuel said, no, no, he's the one I'm going to anoint. God looks at the heart. And then David goes out and, and sins like that. And he says, and he writes in Psalm 51, after the sin and coming back and re repenting before the Lord, create in me a clean heart, pure heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit. That's exactly what a whole heart means. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Okay. Whole lot that I need to work on that story and, and work all that out, but here's what I know right now. Even people with good hearts need the Lord to work on them. Even people with good hearts need some work. We're not perfect. And sometimes we're, our heart's not really pure. Even people like David, who was chosen over everybody else, needs work on his heart. There's not anybody in this room who time to time doesn't need a little work on our heart. And it would be the person, I'll just throw a few things out, that's struggling right now. Say, God, I, I am struggling in this area. I'm struggling with 
a divided heart. I've got so many other things to think about, but I'm struggling with just having a pure heart. I, I am. I'm struggling with having a pure heart. But I want to. But I want to have. But right now, Lord, I'm, I'm struggling with it. We have prayer time, and, you know, people don't tend to come to things like that because we don't want anybody else to know that we struggle with having a pure heart. Well, surprise, it shouldn't be a surprise to you. All of us struggle with it. Everybody in this room struggles with it. We're human, and we will. But the struggle is important because you're not giving in. See, that's important. You're not giving in. You're not giving up. You're not saying, oh, well, that's just the way I am. I don't want to, I don't even want to hear you say, well, boys will be boys. <laughs> well, stop being a boy. Be like Jesus. We have no excuse to just give up. We struggle with it. That's what Christians do. We struggle through it. And in the struggle, we say, Jesus, I need help. I need help with this. I'm struggling with this because I'm human. I need, I need help. I'm going to ask you to help me. Lord, I'm struggling with the divided heart. I'm so stressed about other things, and I don't want to be. I want to give it to you. Lord, I am struggling with a pure heart, and I, I admit to you I am struggling with it. But I'm going to come this morning and repent. It's changed my heart. Oh, God, create in me a clean heart. And the reason David prayed it, because God can do it. That's why I did it. Because God can do it. And he will do it. Uh, musicians, come on up. Ask a congregation to stand uh, with us, please. This is our prayer time. It's uh, special. It's Jesus and us. Jesus and me. Jesus and you. And we pray with each other, but you don't have to share anything if you don't want to. This is between Jesus and you. Lord, I'm struggling with I'm worried about stuff that I wish, I wish you would help me not worry about it and just help me to just trust you more. And I'll probably worry about it next week too, but for Lord, right now, help me, help me through this. Or oh Lord, I'm struggling with, with an impure heart. Everybody does. Everybody does. But God, I don't want to be Listen, I don't want to be like everybody else. That is not my goal. My goal is to be like Jesus. I'm not trying to be like every other person in school. I'm not trying to be like every other person at work. I'm not trying to be like everybody else in my home. I'm trying to be like Jesus. And Lord, I'm struggling with that right now. And I admit that to you. And I'm, I will humble myself and come and pray. While the band plays, if you need to come and pray and just talk to Jesus about any of these things, 
we invite you to come. Mind if I tell you a secret? few simple truths about me might be hard to believe cause I'm trying to come clean sometimes I don't know where I'm going it's hard to admit where I've been when I come to the end of myself this is where I begin Again. I am here. I am love. God is good. And that's enough. I don't know your situation. What kind of story? So far from home.
second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame and I made a vow that day that I'd spend the rest of my life loving my Pray the whole world hears 
ones I love, loving 